Good morning, my friends. I hope all things are well with you, although I know that uh, that's not always easy, Uh, that uh, life does not afford us uh, things that are well all the time, but it is indeed how we perceive them, how we process them being reality, and what we produce from that process that matters. So, I want to welcome you to part three of this series on what I'm calling PPP, uh, to perceive, process, and produce. Uh, I say that with some consternation because I absolutely deplore (laughs) uh, that sort of linear way of thought you know it it sounds like the latest self-help program i don't mean it to be that but if i can use some alliteration or some initials or something to help further uh, my growth and yours i'm gonna go ahead and employ that uh this is part three on how we really function in reality and what reality we uh, we claim what reality we don't uh, what reality we make etc uh, etc et so let's keep looking at this sort of three part process by which we live and this will probably be my last uh, p- uh, podcast on this topic I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I probably will come back to it because it really is a handy way, uh, a useful way, an easy way for me to unpack what this podcast and what sort of my my purpose in doing the podcast is really about. So here's the PPP theory. Uh, first, we perceive reality, right? If you listen to the prior two podcasts about this, First, we perceive. We're bringing in data all the time. You know, the, the human brain is a, a super advanced supercomputer. And so we are bringing in data all the time. I was outside playing catch with my youngest son yesterday. <clears throat> and uh, every time I play catch with someone, I always think about what a miracle it is that my brain can calculate how far that person is, the strength by which I throw the ball, the trajectory of the ball that will land if if I do it right, and I can come kind of close to uh, being close to them or being for them to catch it. I can throw a ball and my brain automatically without thinking uh, does the math, calculates the arm strength, and sends the ball usually right to the person. It's, it's, it's a miracle how we perceive, and then we process, and then we produce. And throwing a ball is just one of the easier examples I'm talking about. Uh, we perceive the person's distance. We process it through how we throw a ball. We produce it by throwing the ball And we do that with everything, folks. We absolutely 
do that with every waking moment. And my guess is sleeping moment. <laughs> that the mind is a perception, processing, and producing computer, machine, organism, whatever it may be. <clears throat> and and it's, a, it's a miracle. So let's talk about, let's break down. I'm going to, in this last episode, I really want to break down in the next few moments, minutes, that process. And so I've talked a lot about perception already. I talked about it in the prior podcast also that we are perceiving. Uh, I am standing in the middle of my front room right now. My dog's asleep on the couch. My cat's asleep on the chair. Uh, there is a pre-game football show on. Uh, there's my guitar. It is really raining, and I'm processing all of this. I'm bringing in the perception of all this, and I'm processing it. My dog's name is Chance. My cat's name is Shadow. Uh, you know, the rain, it's caused by moisture in the air. There's a squirrel crossing my yard. God bless him, because it's a cold rain. <coughs> and so I'm bringing in all this information, gathering it all in, always. And the question becomes not so much what we perceive, but how we perceive it. And so the beginning of sort of finding meaning, finding authenticity begins with, with how we perceive it. What, what, is the, what is the perception? So I'm looking at my cat on the chair. Am I angry that the cat's on the chair? Am I indifferent, which I am. I mean, our animals sit on our furniture all the time. Uh, it's no big deal to me that these animals have found a warm spot to lay. Matter of fact, I'm grateful for that. But I also know that there are people who perceive something different. Our, uh, one of our neighbors doesn't even allow their dog into their house. And, and God bless the dog. He sets out and barks incessantly, but they just don't allow him in. That's, that's how they perceive that. <clears throat> so, you know, by how we've learned to perceive has a lot to do with our ability to process. So we've gathered in all this data, and now we're into the processing part. And <clears throat> this happens instantly, folks, for human beings. We, are, we do this so seamlessly, we're not even aware of it, uh, that we, we have brought in perception. Now we're processing, right? Now, I'm, now I have, I am running through the, the way I am trained to be me in this life. And so my process, when I look at my cat on the chair, is to realize, is to have the realization instantly, because it's learned, that it's no big deal for the cat to be on the chair. Matter of fact, I would rather the cat be on the chair than laying on my wife's pillow. She's allergic to cats. So I'm okay. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm happy the animal's... That's the programming. The programming is in my belief system, in my, in my life system, in, my li in, my, in the way I am living, I don't have any judgment around the cat on the chair. Uh, now, I do have some bad feelings about our neighbor's dog never getting to go inside, and so that's the way I'm programmed. That's, that's the way it is. And I am running through that program constantly, everything I've learned, every, all of my beliefs, all of my learned habits are, are there. Um, 
So, for instance, uh, I was at the store yesterday, and I was going down the aisle, and I saw a, a, a no-bake cheesecake, one of those ones you thaw out. I'm not a big fan of no-bake cheesecakes, but it was $5. So I perceived it. I began the process of saying that doesn't sound bad for the price. I bought it. The cheesecake is now in my fridge, and I am processing whether I should have yet another piece. Now, is that good for my health? No. Uh, if it gets stressful, will I want it? You bet, because I have learned to deal with stress by eating, by trying to escape pain. So you see what I mean? I, I saw it in the store instantly because of the perception of it. I began to process why I might need it, why I might not. I went ahead and bought it and it's in the fridge. And now I'm processing rather to have a piece of it. Now the reality that comes from that process is my choice. If I have a piece of this cheesecake, it probably won't do a lot of harm. If I have two or three, then it probably will. And so I have perceived, I have processed, and now I'm going to produce. Does this make sense? I hope this makes sense to you. Because it is really the way we function. And it, we, we won't or we can't find real meaning until we begin to understand that we have made a reality. We are reality-making beings to a big degree. And the reality we have made is not helpful to us learning how to be the reality-making beings that we are. So we perceive, we process through what we've learned, our beliefs, where we find ourselves in life, our age, our social, our economic, our religious, our political backgrounds. We're processing. We're judging. We're determining. We, we just are. It is the way it goes. Now here is where we humans have really missed the boat. <laughs> Because we don't realize that the third part of this step, the third part of these steps, that we then produce the reality we want. And if we want to eat a whole cheesecake, we will produce diabetes, right? Or we'll produce weight gain. If we want to exercise until we drop, we'll probably produce bad knees, or bad ankles. If we want to produce, uh, you know, you name it. We, we just automatically forget or we automatically don't know or we don't realize that the perception and the programming, the old tapes, produces something. And we begin to believe that life is this random thing. Now, some of it is. I, I have said that before. I'm convinced that, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20% of life is, is random. I'm going to drive to school here in a few hours. I have to go see something. I have to go see an opera, actually, as part of my acting class. And um, someone could cross the center lane and hit me. And, you know, so there's, there's a randomness to it. But I believe there's a good 75, 80, 85, maybe 90%, I don't know, love life that... We produce, 
And we don't even know that we do that. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. One of the things I learned in my 20 years in the health profession, and I was clergy for 20 years, is that human beings will intentionally slash unintentionally <laughs> create drama. And they create drama. Human, have you ever met someone who just seems to constantly be creating drama out of their lives? Nothing ever seems to be right. They can't seem to find an answer. You know, um, they just live out of this confusion and frustration. And because of all of that angst and anxiety and unsettledness, because of, of the fact that they probably haven't done any inner exploration, they, they create, unbeknownst often to them, a life of drama. Now I say intentional slash unintentional because we have to create something. We don't have a choice because that's what we're here to do. So we bring in all of these, uh, we perceive all of this reality. We process it through who and what we've learned to be, which is for the most part, something not authentic to what it means to be human. Again, to be authentically human is to be loving, kind, and gracious. It's not to be shamed or give others shame or own shame or guilt. It's to learn and grow and love and be kind. Most people don't live out of that. Very few people constantly live out of that. I would say for someone to always live out of it, I have not met that person yet. It ain't me. Uh, but what we don't get... And, we're, and where the circle is going to close back in on itself is that we produce a reality. That the reality that we produce determines uh, what level of happiness, what level of serenity, what level of purpose, what level of meaning we find. I don't know how many podcasts I've done but I want this to be uh, a giant exclamation point, and then I'll start them again here. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to stop doing them, but I need you to hear this if you've listened to these. That if we're going to find meaning, we have to understand that we produce it. And we can produce it authentically, or we can listen to that old programming and stay in the same stuff. Stay in the same hell. Stay in the same uh, conundrums. I have met so many people. Well, most people to some degree, including myself, simply don't understand that producing reality part of the PPP. They just don't get it. They believe that they're perceiving something. They're running it through filters, through programming, and that's it. And they don't realize that what they produce can be helpful or harmful. <clears throat> now, I don't say that to, to make people feel bad. I say that because we need to look at this as a whole. Let me give you another example. Many years ago, I met someone um, who, nice person, nice human being, very generous, very kind, uh, but they always seemed to be in turmoil. And 
although they would share their feelings, they, they, there was nothing ever resolved over years with this person. Well, uh, come to find out uh, sometime later that this person was uh, putting intoxicants in their body. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to judge that, uh, but they were, you know, uh, all, they lived in an altered state most of the time. And because of that, they, they couldn't understand that what they were producing was more misery, was more uh, discontentment, was more dissatisfaction. Now, we don't have to go to that extreme because I think all of us are not aware to some degree and most of us are not aware of at all that our perception, our processing produces reality that what we perceive and what we process is put back out. And if we process crap, guess what's going to come out? If we see the world through a negative lens, always. Now, there's a time to see things negatively. Don't get me wrong. There's a time to see things negatively. You know, you shouldn't be joyful if something bad happens. You need to experience the emotions of being human But if we view the world through a permanent negative lens, then we process the world. If we perceive the world in a negative way, then we process the world in a negative way. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to produce the negative. So, most of this misproduction, most of this production that is false, comes from uh, being trained in a certain way. And not knowing that we are being programmed in wrong ways, we simply offer back to the world what it gave us, right? Uh, <clears throat> I've done enough counseling in my life to know that unless there's some big intervention, most kids are going to act like their parents. They're going to grow up to be very similar folks unless there's some radical uh, often, unfortunately, traumatic event that changes that, uh, the kid is going to be exactly what they're trained to be, which is a miniature of the parent. And if the parent is an addict or dysfunctional or a criminal or what have you, with how they perceive and process, then that's what the kid knows. It's what the, it's what the person knows you're programming. It's, it's just a fact. We joke about ending up like our parents. There's a reason for that. There's a reason we end up like our parents. That's because our parents programmed us. So, where do we do? What do we do with this, right? Well, here's where this is not rocket science, folks. This is actually pretty easy. It just uh, takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of focus. We have to start by first perceiving the world in a more positive way. And that's going to affect how we process the world in a more positive way. And that's going to process what we produce in a positive way. And we have to work on, like I said, this is all almost instantaneously this is done. So we have to work on that as one thing. We can't say, well, I'm going to perceive kindness and then it's going to process kindness. No, we have to do kindness. And when we get a thank you or not, 
we have to realize we've done something kind. When we realize we've done something kind, that produces a positive energy. It produces a positive thought. And the more we retrain ourselves, the better we become at it. The more we are free from this false reality that we've created. And so, you know, when people like Buddha will say, be compassionate and mindful, or Jesus will say, love your enemy, uh, what they're saying is, you know, it's a matter of being. It's a totality. That you can only perceive love by processing love and by producing love, and they happen all at the same time. And so you need to practice that love, just like you need to practice an instrument or a sport, or memorize something, you need to get that so-called muscle memory around kindness. It's not going to be easy. Because we have been trained to be jealous, to be angry. We have been trained to, to require a thank you or an act of gratitude from someone else to validate ourselves. Folks, Either grace is free or it is not at all. So I, I encourage you to take seriously uh, this perception, processing, and producing seriously. And, you know, it begins with open doors, as I've said, for other folks, letting people in line, saying thank you when you don't want to. Then you step into deeper ways of being, forgiving people their wrongs of you, forgiving yourself for the wrongs you've done, not living in shame and guilt, not adhering to those old patterns of thought that we process through, renewing every day that you are loved and you are love, and love is the purpose. Okay, I'm preaching. Have a great day, my friends. There's the thunder. Maybe that's an approval sign. I don't know. Uh, have a good day. And remember that you are perceiving, processing, and producing reality instantaneously. And to find real meaning, we have to change how we do that. Take care, my dear friends. We will talk to you very soon. Thank you.